Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Commander Clash podcast, episode 90. Here, we talk about everything Commander-related, and this week, we are going to go over the infinite wisdom of the community. Do you bolt the bird and other sage magic the gathering advice? Uh, Some of these are 60-card format advice, uh, pieces of advice, some of them for 100 cards. We're going to see whether they hold for Commander and whether they hold in 2023 because some of these sayings are quite old. Uh, so before we get into it, let me introduce our crew here today. We have Tomer, Budget Commander. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Richard. I'm very excited to talk about stuff and have hot takes as usual. All right. The Asian Avenger Krim, how are you doing? I'm um, great. I have coffee, so I'm awake. <laughs> well, that was, that's the next level play. I'm a, a new by Rookie Mystic. I didn't bring any. And Phil Brewer's Kitchen, how how's it going over in Germany there? Uh, finally, some good weather, so you see sun still outside. Getting better, still wearing hoodies all day, but still, it's getting better over here. And I'm also like 14 degrees there. Uh, uh, today these, was fine. These European I, units, I don't know what 14 degrees is. <laughs> 14 is yeah, what's the uh, time? on these virtual yeah, being the okay time. Sorry. Explain it in NA, please. Explain it in NA. Canada's in NA, but we don't count that. Well, right? What made-up metric are you using this time? Okay. So be sure to like, subscribe, follow us on all the platforms. We are on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, uh, YouTube Music, apparently. Uh, so we are everywhere. So make sure you, you, you seek us out. And uh, if you want to help support the show monetarily, you can check out Richard's Garage, mtggoldfishmerch.com, where we sell MTG Goldfish branded gear. Uh, so with that out of the way, let us get into the most common expression, bolt the bird. What does this refer to? There is a card, Birds of Paradise. It's a one mana creature. It's a zero one. It taps to add mana of any color. And then Lightning Bolt is a one-mana instant where you can deal three damage to any target. So in 1v1, the Sage advice is whenever your opponent plays the Birds of Paradise on turn one, you always bolt it. Um, So if someone plays a bird in Commander, do you bolt it? And I guess the equivalent uh, for us is also Soul Ring. If someone plays a turn one Soul Ring, do do you destroy it? So, do, you waste a, do you waste like a Vandal Blast targeting like a turn one Soul Ring? Are you going to turn one, spend yeah. one mana Vandal Blast? Okay, so let's start with the bird. The bird is only one mana. Yeah. <laughs> it only produces one mana. Do you bolt the bird if your opponent plays a bird? Do you play bolt? Let's say you, okay, Swords to Plow. Okay, do you Swords to Plow shares the bird? <laughs> These are yeah. actually feasible cards that would show yeah. up. These Swords the bird. Yeah. I would say. Believe it or not, in Commander, no. no. Yeah. No. Uh, I, I, I don't bolt the bird, I bolt your board. Uh, so, like, that's that's the game plan here. I'll let you go and accelerate into whatever the, the heck you're trying to do. And mm-hmm. because in, in Commander, as I've learned over the time, it, one for one is not great. Mm-hmm. One for one is not great, and that is actively going to hurt your game plan in the long run when it comes to, it, especially with how few removal people run, save it for an actual game-winning threat. Uh, Krim, you play the most. You play the most one v one. Would you say this this advice is correct in in one v one most of the time? One hundred percent in sixty card. Uh, it makes a lot of sense because a there aren't three other people or two other people uh, across from you and your opponent. That is, it's just you and your opponent, and the game of advantage of of like resources is huge in sixty card, right? 
But in a multiplayer format, though this one person is accelerating, much like a soul ring, they'll draw the aggro of the table, right? They'll draw the aggro of the table. That in its own is like getting your bird bolted because then everybody's got their eyes on your stuff. So in 60 card, makes more sense because you're the only one uh, that's going to deal with anything there. Whereas there's two other players that will probably interact with this person that's popping off. So I thought about this. I thought about this uh, just as a saying, it doesn't really make sense in Commander because you won't spend your one for one removal on a one drop mana producer. But I've been playtesting my own decks against myself, and that is one we won Commander, to be fair. But maybe the saying should be path or plow the commander is that something because whenever i one we want one for one remove my commander i'm in a huge disadvantage and it doesn't even feel like a one for one anymore that's why i might be on getting to the side of hey if you're you build like if you play against me if you one for one my commander that is devastating for my game plan and that is kind of more like the boldly bird in one we want so i thought like Maybe you should rephrase this for Commander and then it becomes maybe true again, at least for my decks. Like, if you blow up Manius Kaga, I have to cast it for seven mana and then I'm so far off drawing cards with it. So maybe that's it. It's another. It's not in the spirit of both the bird, but maybe both the commander or something could be something that I, is helpful. No, no I one totally is bolting the bird here, right? So we, yeah. we've concluded... Yeah, obviously not, yeah. Because it's a one-for-one. One. Like Krim said, your two other opponents go up, you and your opponent go down, and it's only a bird. Like, your yeah. opponent is slightly accelerated, and then they become arch enemy. So it's simply not worth. Phil just invented plow your commander. Do we plow <laughs> the commander? <laughs> I I would I, I actually I think, think that's a good insight. Redo like, that. Uh, that <laughs> no, we're, we're keeping that. We're keeping that. Oh no no! I, I, I don't see anything the, wrong with this. I, I, the idea behind it. <laughs> you could swords yeah. it, but you could also plow it. Whatever this you feel like. This one doesn't make any sense. Like this one is like what you're gonna run only plows in your hand so that you can plow everyone's commander. Like no, this, I, this I, I think context there's context dependent, right? Yes. Oh I, yes. But I, I think this is more. Oh, yes. This is something I agree with a lot more in most games like like phil said there's there's some commanders that if you allow them to untap they're going to snowball such a large advantage that either they outright win the game or they're going to be so ahead that even if you deal with their board then they've drawn so many cards or they've ramped out so far that you're going you're going to need more than just one answer now to properly deal with them uh marnius calgar is definitely one of those one of those uh commanders where while I don't want to go, uh, I don't want to spend one card for somebody's commander because then I'm down card advantage wise to the rest of the table. Sometimes I think there are situations where not doing so puts you in a far worse situation. Um, and I do think there, yeah, like if it's like a Miram, for example, or a Joda or a Marnius Calgar, like some of these, like not all commanders you need to kill like immediately. Some of them are just fine to stick around for a bit. Like, like even like a Wilhelm, for example. Like Wilhelm, unless you have a combo piece on the battlefield, I'm gonna let it let it be on the on the battlefield and stuff. Uh, but like, yeah, if you have a Marnius Calgar on the battlefield, I feel very obli- or Jota on the battlefield, I feel very obligated to get rid of it like ASAP, or else I don't I don't see myself uh, my, my odds of winning the game drop dramatically. So. 
I disagree. I know. <laughs> I know. I, I, I will never. I, <laughs> I, I will never. I, I will always take the three v one arch enemy. Right. So okay. okay. So like, let's say there's an actual thing that if they untap, you're all gonna die. Yeah. Right. So you could use your removal, um, yeah. and th- this could be applied to anything really. Right. But if you don't use a removal. Right, and everyone is actually afraid. Then you're automatically in a three v one arch enemy, and I will always take my my friends and with the two other you know people and go three v one, and you know you never know right. Someone else might pop off the removal, then nothing happened, or you just sit there and then start (laughs) smashing them and and try to finish the thing. And if you don't do it, maybe you lose. Sometimes the arch enemy wins, right? But if you if you have to plow the commander there's three players right they will each play their commander like how many plows are you gonna run and they can recast it. Like, it's not sustainable right so i would rather just enter the game of arch enemy with two partners uh have a 3v1 and if we still can't take them on then th- that's it right i don't know good game sir right you couldn't <laughs> you, you could do it right but by 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 plowing the commander you kind of set yourself back and guarantee yourself to fail and there's three commanders to plow. Like, how can you plow them all? Like, it's not possible, right? So, yeah, Tronith Magistrate. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think it's more more appropriate is to run board wipes. Like, I think yeah, I run I, I value board wipes more than spot removal because it gets around the card disadvantage thing. But I still will run some amount of spot removal just because not all commanders are built the same. Some of them. Just Precisely some of them can be on the battlefield, that. and that's fine. Where like, I mean, they're always going to be good, right? They're all that's the point of commanders. But some of them are better than others, as we've we've learned the hard way. And um, yeah, I don't know. Like setting a person back critically multiple turns uh, for my one card. Like, yeah, okay, I I went down a card, but I, I, draw more cards. I don't know. <laughs> that, that's legitimately the the main thing, though, right? Like, like there are commanders that I just don't care about, right? Like, there are mm-hmm. some commanders where what they're doing doesn't actually hurt my game plan, so I can let that stay. So it's not like it's really I've got to worry about killing three other commanders. I really only need to worry about a the person who wronged me last or the commander I don't like, uh, like the one that that's the one that is like actively against my game plan, right? Like if, mm. if I am playing a graveyard deck and I and there and your commander is Kalidus, I probably want my creatures to die, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, or or not get exiled. So really, it isn't a remove all three commanders that are against you. It's just the one that or the deck that has the most problematic stuff against your game plan. So, okay, so, I so think, plow the commander that will hurt your game plan. Yeah. Right? Well, that's what it means. Which is very context like, dependent. So it's like really just play good magic at this point, right? It's, but, it's, yeah. I mean, but Because Bolt the Bird is like, no matter what's going on, Bolt the Bird. It's like very straightforward advice. This yes. one is like, plow the commander, asterisk, asterisk, and there's like eight bullet points that <laughs> well, you need to, <laughs> to figure out. I feel like that's right? going to be like a common, a common thread about, <laughs> about most of these absolutist takes, uh, <laughs> sayings. I mean, okay. I mean, if, if, there, if, there, if there is Rich always a, if there's always a plow the commander, commander, it's Joda, right? Joda's one of those, <laughs> the five color one. That one. Just Basically, can't anything stay. Phil plays, he just yeah, anything he got Phil plays. Immediately, he's this guy. He got rid of it. Pretty speaking pretty of Phil, yeah. do 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 you Vandal blast the Soul Ring? I do not. So so no. Soul Ring is no, two no, mana no. now. We're up. We're up from the birds. Uh, you have less answers, or maybe more answers. Like, do you play Nature's Claim just to snipe people's soul ring? Like, if, if we think blowing up the soul ring is great, do you run like Nature's Claim or something to to get no, rid of it? I don't really think Vandal Blast is probably what you have in your deck that could actually 
do this? I have because or I haven't I haven't vandal blasted, but I have basically started including thieving skydiver in basically all my blue decks as a way to uh, cheekily deal with the Sol Ring problem. Uh, thieving skydiver, it's a two mana uh, merfolk rogue, I think, that flies and it has kicker, and you can pay like X a minimum one, and uh, if you do, you steal an artifact uh, mana value equal to or less than x so if you pay three mana x equals one with even skydiver you just steal somebody's soul ring so i feel like those are usually better because you're not like going one for one you're kind of like two for oneing because not only have you you're, you're taken up. away the soul ring but you now have a soul ring and soul rings yeah. are very good <laughs> so. no that that's the correct way to look at it like if i'm gonna one for one something it has to be game ending um, so what you're going to soul ring into probably something I'm going to one for one. Until then, your soul ring is like your setup, and I'd rather just steal that for myself, put myself up a card, uh, while you deal with all the aggro for putting that out there. Yeah, with soul ring, I'd say you can rely on, hey, now we're getting out on this person. Still, I, I mean, I'm <laughs> fine if nobody blows up my command. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I know. <laughs> I know how it feels to be on the one side of this, but... Uh, I mean, I still wouldn't blow it. Like, I wouldn't blow up a song ring. I, I asked you not to blow up my Manuel's Kaga. It doesn't interfere with your game plan. So no, okay. uh, <laughs> All right. It interferes by your game plan by making me lose the game, Phil. <laughs> yeah, and wait for my turns to end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this this one this one is commander specific advice, and uh, I don't know that we've ever come to a conclusion on this. And Seth is not here for this one, but. Always pay the one for Ristic Study. So Ristic Study is three-man enchantment. Whenever an opponent casts a spell, you may draw a card unless that player pays one. So, do you always pay the one? Yes. Why, why would ways. you? So, so in a perfect world, everyone pays the one, and then the person that played this Ristic Study is super sad. But then if you know right. everyone is paying the one, you can cheat and not pay the one. Right, and then get yourself an extra mana and advantage in everyone because everyone taxed themselves and you dodge the tax. But if no you do that, and then someone else knows you're about to do that, then instead of paying the one, they also don't pay the one, and then no one pays the one, and then this person plays like three mana, draw like twenty cards. That is the game theory aspect of this card. Okay, and you know what is you, our you... actual advice? What, what should we actually be doing here? You always pay the one. Because, A, you don't want to reward the person for playing the card, right? So you want to make it so they spent their turn – they took their turn off and did but, nothing. But my game plan is very important, Krim. I need to yeah. stay on curve. That's <laughs> my- great. You have a curve. But you know what? That, what's great about that? You can move that curve, you know, just a turn behind. Like, honestly, I if it means – because it depends when the, the one is needed to be paid. If we're talking early in the game when I haven't even set up yet, dude, yeah, I'm paying the one. Because I can't let this person run away with it. Late game, maybe if I'm already set up and I've got my pieces on board and everything, like, whatever, I don't care if you draw the cards, right? Because like, at that point, so, I've gotten so does everything your, Does your opinion change your if you know what's going to happen? So if it's Tomer's Ristic Study and you know that myself and Phil are not paying the one, are you still paying the one? At that point, uh, because everyone except for me has, like, Tomer's already benefited. Y'all are progressing the board. At that point, no, I would not. 
it has to be a table decision, right? Like, because if somebody is legitimately already super far ahead, then the only per- like, if you're the only one paying the one, then you're the only one hurting yourself. And because the other two are just willing to let the person with the, the, the tax effect run w- away with the game. So if you really hate that card, prove it by paying the one. If you're going to groan about a Rhystic Study, a Smothering Tithe, pay for it. That way, you can't pay for that smothering person... tithe. All right, that's <laughs> okay, yeah, maybe, that's only two fair. Who actually plays for smothering okay, tithe? Fair, fair. Smothering tithe, tithe, and like, okay, Mystic Remora, you, like, you're never paying for that. So, <laughs> yeah. so like, legitimately, like, when it comes to like Rhystic Buddy, uh, you know, Esper Sentinel, Rhystic Study, any of those, pay the one because it is just so much better to not let that player pull that far ahead, especially if it's on curve, like turn one Rhystic Buddy. You saw us do it with Phil. We did not give him the value until way later when we finally established stuff. Or Rhystic Study, always pay if it's on turn three, just because you cannot deal with that card advantage. Mm. See, see, I hear what you're saying, but then in practice, I, I vividly remember how it would be like, we would be bickering at the table about what cards are worth not paying the one. It'd be like, I, and then somebody would cast a spell and be like, I'm not going to pay the one because this is worth it. And then the other, that Seth, same person Seth. would turn Just around and be Just like, <laughs> no, I remember a, it was a certain someone else, Krim. I'm not going to say names, but it was like somebody wanted to cast like a far seek or something and didn't pay the one and got chastised. And then the, that same person was like, oh, I'm casting this because it's a higher impact spell and it's worth not paying the one. And then there's like a bickering and just fighting and the game slows down. I hate. Yeah, I was no, having no. a good day, Richard, until until this had to be brought up. <laughs> so, so, so should the advice I, be never pay the because it's no, always pay no. the one. The someone does it and the card. table bickers it's, and you all like, get angry at each other. But the advice is, is never pay decision. the one. There's no conflict here's how here's how i deal honestly this is all i'll say on the topic because i'm so tired but the the way i i deal with it somebody casts rhystic study and then i say to the table i will always pay the one if everybody else pays the one the moment somebody doesn't pay the one i'm no longer paying the one that's it and then that's it i'm not bickering about it i'm not saying anything else about the card you can choose to pay the one, and I will keep my end of the bargain. And if you don't pay the one, I'm not going to pay the one either, and we'll just give the game to the Rhystic Study player. It's fine. But I'm not going to... No more bickering about it. No more talking about it. I'm just done. That's it. That's that's all I say when, when a Rhystic Study appears. Much like, like Tomer, if, if the person that doesn't pay the one, like, once they don't pay the one, they are now... No, in complaining when yeah. the player has it, right? Like, you know what I mean? And I don't oh, care I the reasoning believe, behind it. I, I don't care. It's like I can't fall it. behind they drew, they or whatever. Hundred cards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just not like, gonna pay the one. That's yeah. it. Like what, a, once, it is a group contract. Essentially, it is a group contract. You, yeah. You either a pay for it or you don't. And once you agree, you don't. That's it. No complaining. They're, if they have it, you know we we had a chance. Yeah, we I've seen chance. I've seen some tables where they all agree not to pay the one and it's glorious, but like n- like most almost every time it's like the prisoner's dilemma. If somebody's like, oh, I, I, I if if I don't pay, then I get ahead, and then then it all just falls apart. So it's like ninety nine percent of the time people just don't pay the one, 
And then there's like that one breath of fresh air where people actually do pay the one. And like people are going to say, and CDH people are responsible. Every single C- every single CDH game I've ever played. And this is with people who have like, these no, are content creators. This is like CDH. recorded matches. They never pay the one. They're just no, like, I can't get behind. And that's it. So it's like, don't, don't even, don't even comment section say, oh, CDH players are always, no, 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 they don't. No, they no, never they, do. They, they, they run I've the calculations. And I've never like, been. Don't worry, this is worth yeah, it. Yeah, okay. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> that's they're, they're, that's they're, they're always like, it's they're worth it. But then it the turns blue player out, has fierce guardianship. Every single fast mana card yeah. available to them in their deck. And they have force of will, fierce, basically any, any sort of, uh, free counter magic deflecting swat. No, no, no. Give, give them all, all the cards. I'm sure you could, you could be, team up and beat them. It's fine. But we've come no, no, I'm, I'm really sure Farsi, <laughs> Farsi anyway. wins the game against well, all of that, though. Well, I have to say about Rhystic Swing. So, I'm, playing, I'm angry now. Thanks. <laughs> I'm playing with a playgroup that is relatively new. Like, all of them started, or most of them started back in the day with me as a child. And now we play Commander together. And the moment the first time a Rhystic study hit the table, so two of those players never played against it. And I said, hey, this card either says, whenever an opponent casts a spell, you draw a card, or spells your opponent cast one more to cast. And this kind of convinced the table to say, well, I guess we pay because the draw card is way, way stronger. I think they drew two cards from the studies over the rest of the game. And it might have just been a because our curse, curves lined up with paying. But I, if you phrase it that way, like whenever an opponent casts a spell, you draw a card is just unbeatable. And the, I don't know, Thornite, what, what's the... the Taxing every spell for one mana sucks and is not fun. And heuristic study is not fun. Newsflash. But it's better than drawing cards. So if you really, really can't... Please pay the one. <laughs> that situation, like, if you're mana screwed and you have a just a mana oh, rock in no hand, situ- and that's all See, you this can is have. the problem, Phil. There's always I know, I know. situations. <laughs> you you out, there's a situation. I have an excuse for everything. Every reason. It's like, all I I need this far seat. You yeah, guys have too much this. mana, right? Like, I need I need to not pay the one because I'm casting a card draw spell. And what if I need the mana to cast the other spells that I draw into? Is it acceptable to generous gift and not pay the one to kill the Rhystic Study? Yes. Would you say that's an acceptable like sets us at the table. Is it you're, acceptable you're... to sign in blood, not pay the one digging for no, no. <laughs> the generous no, gift? No, that is no. We're, we're we're doing like 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 hail marys. No. <laughs> also, I don't think it's unbeatable. I think it's more unbeatable at CDH tables. But like, sure. if you are t- there, the two ways that you win at like I would say in any commander deck is like you have unlimited mana and unlimited card draw. You just win the game. Uh, because you'll just have enough resources to answer anything your opponents throw at you. Um, and you'll have the mana to cast it. Um, but at casual tables, if you don't have fast mana, you don't have free spells and stuff like that. Like if you have like 20 cards in hand and you can still only cast like two of them per turn. Yeah. It's much better than having five cards in hand, you know, have the more optimal options, but it is more beatable. So. It is not unbeatable, but like still, like it's just like a bad habit. But, but you can definitely cool. sculpt a pretty yeah. good. If I've drawn like a million cards, I don't need to keep them all. I know Tomer yeah. likes it. Ooh, reliquary tower. I'm gonna keep them I all. Like my I don't need tower. to keep them all. Yeah. I need card selection, not yeah. not card quantity. So the quality of the card is what I care about. And if they're drawing fifty cards a turn, they're sculpting a pretty good hand, even <laughs> at casual levels. 
Like at casual yeah. levels, at all levels of play, letting anybody draw a billion cards, they're going to sculpt a really good hand. Yeah. So don't be surprised that you're like, oh, they're running away with the game or something. How like do they that. keep no, no, having no. the right answer to every single yeah. situation? How do they always <laughs> have it? It's because we keep feeding him cards. <laughs> That's why right. it's a group contract. Here, here's here's one for you legacy players. End of turn brainstorm. Oh, I thought you were gonna say initiative. <laughs> or rather not. <laughs> so so brainstorm. Uh one mana, draw three cards, put two back on top. And uh knowing how to brainstorm is a very important. And uh who knows how to brainstorm here? Should you be casting it end of turn or not? I, I played, mean wait, do legacy? you mean literal brainstorm? Because I mean, I played Legacy, yes, and I played a historic a little bit myself. Literal brainstorm. Yeah, yeah, historic. You got a brainstorm, and man, did it feel good! Like it was great. There's like very few times where you want to upkeep brainstorm, just like to set up a Delver flip. Like if it's like I don't think I don't I I don't think flipping a Delver is like I mean like there's better ways to do it than using your brainstorm. Brainstorm. ah. Depends on your you're, hand. I don't know. I mean, if you're, like, really desperate, sure. But, like, yeah. A, if you get Brainstorm locked because you don't have a fetch, that feels bad. Yeah. Uh, I also love, like, you know, like, in the moments where, A, I get thought seized and being able to Brainstorm tuck it away. Like, it can be, Brainstorm is a way to just, like, protect your hand, to dig. It does it all. Yeah. So it really is flexible in when you want to use it. Uh, but like, So when are you like, supposed to use it, Crib? Well, realistically, when you need to, not okay. I yeah. don't so okay, so main phase I, or yeah. end of turn. So end for, end of turn probably turn. if we're going off of this because you get most information possible on no, your turn. No, no. I'm sorry. What? Why do? Why do I need to do it on my turn, Richard? Why would you're I? Not ever supposed, need you're not to supposed to, to end of turn brainstorm. That's the thing. Right? Okay, because you're putting two cards back on top. So right. if you if you end of turn brainstorm without With a, a fetch, fetch or no fetch. Oh, okay. Huh. Well, I always assume there's a fetch. Okay, okay. So so this is without a fetch land in play. So if you end a turn brainstorm, then you draw back one of the cards you put back on top. Uh, so that's not good. Uh, so if you have a fetch up, that's less relevant. But if you don't have a fetch, when you brainstorm, you could draw into the fetch, play the fetch, and then shuffle. Which is Objection. why you're supposed to do it main phase. Um, Objection. Why is this relevant to a commander podcast, Richard? Because... People don't know how to brainstorm. I don't know. <laughs> should, should, this is should you should not be end of turning. So the the general the general advice is you should play your spells as late as possible. Right. Yeah. Which if you have an instant, that means end of turn, play the instant. However, when it comes to brainstorm, it's not true. Right? So you need to sequence these cards correctly and you need to know how these cards work because sometimes they don't follow the general rule. Um, and brainstorm is is one of those. And brainstorm is like one of those cards you could write a book on. Um, but the the general thing is the fetch, right? And you want to play the fetch, and then shuffle away the cards. So that way, it's mm-hmm. literally just like you know, draw three cards, throw away the bad ones, right? Yeah, what you could do in, on in commander. Yeah, like I would say, like specifically, if you have a fetch in like, play, we, you need a fetch yeah. in play. If you don't yeah. have a fetch in play, you can't play the fetch you drew, right? And You're you not playing redraw. fetches with brainstorm. What are you doing though? Yeah, I mean, in commander though, like okay, we're we're gonna just stick it straight to commander because there's the mm. numerous ways we could talk about it outside of commander, right? But in commander, there is a surplus of way of uh, shuffling your deck. So actually, in commander. I would believe that it's probably correct to all... Oh, I guess, you know, if you're playing blue, why would you not have a fetch? But at the same time, I don't know. In Commander, I think... budget. 
budget. Okay, so you, assuming that, but evolving wilds, right? Like you can still play evolving I don't play wilds. Evolving and brainstorm. Wilds. No, it, the, the general gist is I am not going. Uh, what I'm getting at is I would not play brainstorm if I do not have a shuffle effect. Yeah. And if I don't need anything right then and there. Or it, like, uh, I'm not just firing a tutor off to tutor. I wouldn't play Brainstorm unless my commander, like, really likes the yeah, it's not that good top of a card of your library. Yeah, unless you have something kind of explicit. Yeah. So there are some fetches. You, you can hold fetches in 1v1. So you can play your land and not crack the fetches, and you pass, and then, you know, you, you counter their play or whatever. And if you need to, you can crack the fetch. Otherwise, you save it for Brainstorm. Yeah, that's not plausible in Commander. Like you don't yeah. leave excess mana every turn in Commander because yeah, you do. <laughs> you're not countering everyone's play. There's three other different players, so usually you're like tapping out or you're, yeah. you're planning. You have to use your mana, right? You can't just leave your mana up because yeah. in one v one, if you leave your yes, mana you up, your opponent leaves your mana up. You're neutral, so you're okay with that. Whereas if three other players do something, and you leave your mana up. You're like falling further and further behind. Um, so I would say there's actually very few reasons to actually end a turn brainstorm in Commander. Um, the best one would be something like you're digging for Farewell on turn five yeah. or something, and on turn six you need that six <laughs> mana to cast a Farewell, <laughs> right? But you know, yeah, like mana efficiency reasons. But Richard, you use, a, you use it when you need that effect. Is, that's the real answer. Is you yeah. don't you don't just pop it off when willy nilly. Yeah, willy nilly. And there's not a lot of. I think. You need a top deck commander to worry about. Like, like Runo Stromkirk is a good one. The 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 Demir Kraken Leviathan guy, where it's like the top card of your library, you reveal it, and you transform him and stuff. That one's good for brainstorm. But or having miracle draw, cards, draw focused commanders. I mean, yeah, it or draw focused because it still draws two. So if you have like Teferi's Ages Insights, I think the doubles or draw, then you draw four and you put away one. That's like really good. Uh, although although in that situation the way that we've just described it like richard described it i think it's better to literally just not play brainstorm and to play a tutor (laughs) because you are in in legacy you are trying to play in a 60 card deck you are able to actually look for a singleton card right in commander i mean yeah i I guess how about brainstorm and then shuffle with a tutor huh that is the oh, best no. of both worlds. Oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah why not run both? It's a hundred card singleton. You can't make you can't make Just room for a brainstorm. <laughs> Dude, now I'm putting brainstorm on all my decks. Actually, that's a good card. So, so, so the other the other similar thing. So this is sequencing, right? And there's general. So the general rule is play things as late as possible. Except, yeah, it's not always true. Uh, wasn't there a clash where there was like take an extra combat if you play this during your first combat? Oh, yeah. And then someone like attacked and then played it during their second combat and they did nothing because I think it was like <laughs> Morag or something. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Seize the day. No. Yeah. So there, you usually play things as late as possible, but some cards don't allow you to do that. So you actually need to read your cards and think about it for a bit before you automatically jump to these shortcuts. Uh, because so the other like advice is reading the card explains the card. <laughs> yep, just get this in there. <laughs> I, I actually disagree with this completely. You don't have time. Reading to read. the card explains the card. You don't have time to read cards in 2023. Here's like a flip morph. Each side is a planeswalker or something. There's like eighty thousand words on the text. You're like, tell me what the card does. Wait like, till real battles quick. get here, right? 
Wait, wait. Like a Tell strict me. Dean. Is are you gonna pass so like you pass it to the first player to read, they spend five minutes reading it, you pass it to the second player to read. read no, you give them the minutes. new you give them the new praetors that have like a full mound of text on the yep. front and then they become sagas on yep. the back and you're like, What are the sagas gonna do? I don't know. Let me pull it out of your sleeve to read it. Like, no. Yep. Somebody, somebody did so like legitimately text. cast a dean, and I just instead of having to listen to them explain the card, I just countered it. <laughs> <laughs> no, if if like, they say, if they say great. what their their card is, I just say I believe you, and we continue yep. the game. <laughs> it's fine. There is such a thing as TLDR in, in Magic, yeah. and it is just counter it. You don't have to, Do I need okay. to remove it or not? Does it say There are also cards cool. that you, you read it. and you don't understand. They're like, venture into a dungeon. You're like, what does this mean? <laughs> right? You got to like read three dungeons or something while you're at it, right? There's like some mechanic that's not fully like spliced onto Arcane. Like Some of the new Simple. cards don't have reminder text, so you may not Yeah, but you don't need the reminder text. Just counterspell it. The same, the legitimately. What, what if that I'm not even joking. Can't be countered. That that that's what spice. No, then, okay. Means. Then well, then you, like, <laughs> I, I have countered the Celestis so that I don't have to deal with day and night. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> any right. any tips for navigating commanders and cards you don't understand? Twenty two three. There's also cards where you can read the words, but you don't understand how the rules like actually work like can i cast this from exile or something or what's the mana value when i cast it or can i cast this at instant speed or do i have to maintain the speed of the card like what how do you navigate as a player in 2023 i think just just ask and be like hey what does what does the card do or like you could i sometimes ask like hey is this like a scary threat (laughs) like (laughs) straight up like i'm not reading this i'm happy for you but i'm not reading this like it's commanders for fun like we're there's nothing on the line here we're not it's not a tournament or anything so like i don't know i'll always tell people like if i'm running new cards or whatever i'll be like this is this is a combo piece in my win condition and stuff like you know you should take this out i I don't want to win because like I, i snuck one over on you you know yeah this would feel bad as well like if you say like oh don't worry about this card or say oh i explain it when it happens uh then it feels pretty bad to use the card so maybe if it's a wordy card give them a tldr when you cast it and highlight if you if you're going to combo with it at least highlight the ability that you use yeah. for the combo and, <laughs> and if somebody misreads be... the card like they try to like i don't know they try to like destroy your attraction, but it flipped into a saga or something. Then you just a lot of techniques backsies. It's yeah, takesy backsies. Yeah. There you go. Like they're, com- com- magic's really, really complicated. Pro- you know, Pro- and we're all playing for my fun. Living room. Uh, sorry, yeah. dude. No takesy backsies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> judge, like, call a judge at home. Get, get good. Sorry, you didn't memorize all twelve hundred new cards that came out in quarter, the second quarter of this week. Of this week, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, reading the card does explain the card, but legitimately, all of that is solved. Like that is more of a thing. Like, oh, in like a sixty card competitive format. Yeah. But talking about commander. I don't think this matters in Commander because even have to if read I read 50 the card, cards. it doesn't explain the card. You have to like read a novella every players. single time you come up against a new opponent. Yeah. But it's just like, yeah, if you memorize the entire novella, just let somebody fine. take it back. No, no, no one cares, right? It's like, like, what, what are the stakes here? Like, right? No. Like, oh no, you're, the game is gonna go another two seconds if I let you take it back in what is already like a, a one-hour game plus. I don't know. Yeah, my, so my advice would be beat chill 
just like explain what your cards do and allow people to if they make mistakes to take stuff back yeah and, and, and don't say that. read the card to people no. <laughs> it's like funny when you say it online but like if someone's like what does this card do you like read the card you're like, wow. yeah. I mean, don't try to be like a Yu-Gi-Oh <laughs> villain to be like, aha, you didn't read the card. I have activated my trap card. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, it's funny, it, but don't do that. It's kind of weird mean. how Richard said it, like, for example, venture into the dungeon doesn't explain anything. And then if you want to explain it, <laughs> so there's three dungeons. dungeons and the Undercity, and you cannot go into the Undercity <laughs> if you venture into the dungeon unless you're already in there. <laughs> so... I guess it, the saying isn't even true anymore to an extent. Uh, also, don't say to your friends, hey, just read the cards. So just just, just read the card. It's like the Phyrexian language, children. Oh, yeah. Ooh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Usually it's a bit easier for me to read the card because I have, I don't know if this is a normal <laughs> phenomenon, be like, a lot of people explain their cards really bad. <laughs> so yeah. sometimes like, all right, I have no idea what you were saying. Like like somebody's trying to explain a board game for the very first time, but they're really really bad at it. So you're just like, no, just give me the rules. Just just pass it over. Let me let me look it over. I mean, magic has just become where it's like it's like the math teacher that is very bad at teaching you math, but knows the math. So it's just like, yes, we're glad you understand the math. <laughs> explain to us how we do that. <laughs> All right, play to your outs. Play to win. Kind of similar. Ah, this one, they? I feel, commander players definitely do not do. Um, play to so your outs or play to win? Though I think those are pretty similar. As... No, you, you think they're different? What's the difference between the two? So, play to your outs isn't like exactly playing to win. It's playing to keep yourself alive and just knowing what outs you have out of certain things. Like, I think of play to win as literally, I am going to actually end the game right here. I'm not playing around anything. I'm playing to get as sweaty as possible. Oh, interesting. Like, not okay. explaining your cards yeah, and like, stuff? Yeah, like, I'm not, I, like, yeah, 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 sorry. Yeah, 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 so, so, <laughs> I, I, yeah I would say we want to discuss play to your outs, right? So, essentially, you envision how you're going to win. Like, how the yeah. game is going to end with you being victor. And then you play to get to that state. Not like you're gonna rules lawyers your friends or whatever and try to like squeak out Angle some shoot. victories, right? Yeah. Angle shoot. And uh, so anytime I see things like, um, here, here's a good one, like source the plowshares. People are like, oh, you need to source the plowshares to not lose. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, but does that help you win? Right? And yes. people are like, well, if you lose, how do you win? But I'm like, but if you also set yourself back cards for no reason, how do you win as well? Like, what is what is the, you know, you, you need to think about that, right? You need to have a plan. If you have a plan to win that involves removing uh, with the swords, then that's great. But mm-hmm. you should be ultimately thinking about uh, how you get there. So another good example is, like, bolt the bird. If you bolt the bird, sure, you set this person back into the Stone Ages. But did that help you win the game? Like, is that yes. the path to win the game, right? And you need you to think saw, about it, right? Because if that does, person yeah. is like, yeah, you know, they, they play a protection from black deck and you are and you are a black deck, right? Then that is probably the right line of play, right? Because you can never beat this person otherwise. But if they're just a random person, no, right? You're setting yourself back by bolting their bird, right? So this mindset of like think. figuring out how to get there and then doing it, uh, I think I is think- like very important. I think it's also like uh, the mindset of playing to your outs 
one uh, one other example because there's a lot of discussion about it is like just conceding when you don't when you're not enjoying the game and stuff. And I think that's really valid because it's like it's a casual game. But like, let's say I don't know somebody Armageddon's. Uh, I will see sometimes people just don't like Armageddon, so they'll just snap concede. But I think the play to your outs mindset is like double check to see like your board sit. Um, okay, you lost all your lanes. Do you still have ways to win? Is the person who casts it like have an uh, overwhelming uh, unbeatable advantage? And I think that's kind of like the play to your outs mentality where like you don't just snap concede when things aren't going your way or like, all right, well, I'm in a very bad position. I'm in an under under I'm in a uh, underdog spot. What are the best actions that I can take to maximize my win my chances of still winning in this game? Yeah, I mean I have a good I have a good example of oh. Okay, I was gonna, I, I, I just I was just gonna use my example of, of Commander Clash. Uh huh. That uh, Phil's frozen. No wait, no Phil's not frozen. No, not. Now he's not. He no, was okay. No, I'm not. <laughs> uh, Commander Clash. When I think it was like our game where you were playing mono green Tomer, I was on a Boros Mill deck, <laughs> and and I knew that I could not kill you because I was a Mill deck. So I remember Tomer was like, you should kill the little Fireweaver thing. Because yeah. Phil is playing a ton of artifacts. Yeah. But if Tomer's deck is loaded with Eldrazi's, yeah, and I literally don't deal damage, yeah. the closest chance I have is Phil using, even if it lowers my health, I wasn't going to beat Tomer anyways, right? No matter what happened, if I killed everyone else but, I would never be able to kill Tomer. So I wanted Phil to use the Fireweaver to lower Tomer's health enough to where he, I could kill him with, like, just a hit with my commander. It's wishful thinking, but it was better than just, well, Mill? Oh, turns out you flipped an Eldrazi. I'm, <laughs> I'm back in it again, right? Well, so, the, the alternative is you just kill me, right, with damage. Right. Because that's your that's other out. You don't just have Mill as your as your only No, but condition. if the deck is Mill and, like, it is near, it's really struggling to deal. I had Silver Copper or whatever, Copper Tablet. <laughs> like, that's, you that's how... Oz gear. You just have like an unblockable attack and or sure. i just take out my defenders and then you just hit me, me and sacrifice your, your, a bunch your, of creatures your eldrazi damage. defenders that are that are colorless that i <laughs> i that can only I cap have. like one a turn you could have just been like i don't know <laughs> those again one eldrazi a turn is is i don't know if you know this but that that's like kind of hard to deal with <laughs> no but i'm just saying you didn't have you didn't have one win condition to kill me you had multiple ways nah, but, but, and, but like it, with the information at my hands right sure. i knew that i there was no way i was going to deal enough damage so i needed yeah. phil i needed phil to yeah. lower your health that, and that is fair. playing to your outs right like cuz like yeah. if if you're cuz again the, if for those that don't know eldrazi shuffle everything in the graveyard with themselves back into your deck so it was the mill deck which is my main game plan. That is that's very bad. <laughs> so yeah. But then on the other side, I knew I was at a higher life total than you, so you would die first to reckless fireweaver, and also Phil was going to kill both of us on his turn because he had the Nahiri's a... Lithomancy. So, <laughs> well, what else are you going to do? What else am I going to do? Right? Like, like I, if I can't beat you with with Mil, <laughs> wipe the board. <laughs> no, 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 no. We, let, we just let our wipe the board and then get the other two to kill me. I guess. <laughs> I've uh, run into a pretty simple example like this is a complicated example but yeah. outside of magic so me and my girlfriend play a lot of yahtzee and i think i had like two or three chances left to roll anything and the only way i could get there is if i roll a second yahtzee so i get 100 extra points so 
she was so far ahead that the only way I could win is use one of these three attempts to throw a Yahtzee. And I did nothing, but the only way... So I lost regardless, but if I just tried to throw like a small street or whatever I still needed, that would have done nothing. So the only way to play to my outs was to go for the Yahtzee and have uh, five of the same kind, if you don't know what a Yahtzee is. Uh, uh, we all got convoluted examples yeah, here. That, but, no, but I thought like, oh, that's like playing to your outs in a super... Yeah. Simple I, I, way. Okay, let me let me attempt to magic don't super put it in a simple way, which may end up being don't complicated. Concede. Say you have a two card combo. Okay, one part is on the battlefield, right, and the other part is in your deck somewhere. And let's say the board is super gummed up, and it looks like if Phil untaps and overruns, we all die. Okay, so do you and you have a wrath in hand, and if you wrath, your combo piece goes away. So the decision you need to make is: do you wrath, and if you wrath, your combo piece goes away, and you can never win again. Right or do you hope you fade Phil's overrun and then you can find your second combo piece and win the game, right? And that's the decision you need to make, and it's going to depend on variables, right? Like, uh-huh. did Phil tutor up the overrun? Right, it's definitely coming if he tutored it, right? But if you if you wrath, you cannot win. So if he did tutor it, then you need to hope that Tomer's holding a counter spell, even if he's not saying it, right? So you you have to kind of do these calculations to figure out what's going on uh but you know the the scared thing to do is just wrath wrath and then the board set is restate and then i'll somehow kill them even though you realistically can't because your combo is gone uh Uh so it's kind of like working through that and not just doing what's what looks best at the time which may be like wrath or uh i mean like 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 crim said right like he can never beat tomer in a straight up battle so he needs someone to kill tomer for him so how can he get that done and maybe he's just yoloing it and hope you know phil does it and he somehow lives right <laughs> so yeah I, I have a higher percentage of that of winning through that than sweeping the board and helping tomer all right this is a very specific example that our viewers will not know of unless they actually watch this game and remember this game but <laughs> I one 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 thing though is um I know there's a lot of people in the community who say like um if you don't like a game just leave it. So this is basically the opposite of uh, like play to your outs is like if you're not enjoying what your outs are then just concede the game and concede early like and concede once you don't enjoy it. Like somebody plays like yeah. like somebody is, has you in winter orb or something instead of like sticking it out and seeing can I get through like somebody's playing a stack stack and uh, instead of trying to see like, oh, maybe maybe we can get through the stacks if we work together. What are our outs? What's the possibility of doing this? And then going through it and potentially winning, potentially losing. You're just like, if you're not enjoying it, just leave. I think that's fine. It's just, I personally don't do that. <laughs> I guess I have is more because I have more a competitive mindset. I always I like seeing them as certain challenges. And sometimes like, I think the, my favorite games are when I'm like kind of like bummed out and I think. That there's no way I can possibly win. Like I'm playing my artifact deck, and somebody farewelled me, and then and then I'm playing some more, and I barely survive, and somebody farewells me again, and I have nothing. I'm I have like three lands going on. Then somehow pulling a victory out of that that gives me like the, the biggest rush of all time. Um, so I kind of live for that, and I don't really concede unless unless we like all sit at the table and we're all like this game's gonna take like 30 more minutes. None of us have an answer. Um, if we have like literally no, the, the chances of winning is like less than 1%. But 
then I'll be like, all right, we can all like concede together. It's but fine. that's a personal choice, though, right? Like yeah. that is, if you don't enjoy the game, you should yeah. walk away at yeah. sorcery speed. By the way, don't walk away like when stuff is on the stack. That's a <laughs> that's a bit of a jerk move. Yeah, and I think that's perfectly valid. Like if you want to sit and enjoy slogging through a humility, yeah. by all means, right? But play to win or not play to win play to have fun trumps play to win right if yeah. like, having fun yeah. is more important and for you not fun is like slogging through this then you can concede right and if everyone concedes you can go to the next game uh i concede in actual like play to win formats like on ladder if you are roping me every turn i just leave <laughs> i'm like yeah. take, <laughs> take the points i'm not i'm like i don't have time for this right i'll just i'm, I'm gonna find someone that doesn't play like super slow like take well, it you, right? you, like, do the current disco thing yeah, no, it, like, so I think it's totally <laughs> valid to just leave a game of Commander if whatever, right? Like, you don't need to yeah. be playing sweaty all the time, right? Like, I could get out of this. It's a 1% chance, or maybe it's even, like, a 30% chance. But I do yeah. not want to play with humility on the board, right? It's my yeah. ETB creature deck or whatever, like, whatever. So I think it's I think it's a valid option, right? And I think it's a personal option. So if someone does it or someone doesn't do it, like, it's up to them. And mm-hmm. as long as you don't I, do I, it in I some do. weird jerkish way, like when, you know, on attacks to deny someone combat triggers or something like that, right? Yeah, don't do that, please. Yeah. <laughs> Play your outs also has a weird overlap with also just like, it blurs this line where you should maybe also not concede, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like instantly, right? Like, it, like, cause like some people just concede immediately when something goes awry. Like, like, or like if I see a rest in peace and I'm a dredge deck. I could see some situation where people are like, oh, I can see. I can't. Yeah, some of you, I've had people concede to me when I played. I have rest in peace in my Zedru deck, and I'll drop it down. Um, and somebody, I remember somebody snap conceded. It was like two years ago. Yeah, the seat, like some people just snap conceded that. I'm like, what's the point of that? That's like if yeah. you snap conceded when I played the Immortal Sun, right? Like, and, and you were playing Super Friends, right? Like, like no, I, but I, yeah, I, but you did. I built, you, I you built played... a god deck that couldn't deal. I only had. Artif- I only had planeswalker ways of dealing with artifacts, so I was just like, screw. It. After after that game, I put in a couple ways, like <laughs> like token ways of dealing with it. But like, I didn't I didn't concede. I stayed out because my out is somebody removing the right. mortal well, sun, right? Like, or are you dying, right? Like, so, right? Like, I can't play the game anymore, but I'm going to sit there on my phone until either you're gone or the 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 permanent's gone, and then I can still play the game and. Conceding right. means your your win percentage is zero, and staying in the game automatically increases it higher than zero, right? So, all right. Speaking of removing immortal suns, the best removal is player removal. Yes, agreed. True. I think that's that is true, right? That'll always that's 100% be hundred percent true. true, right? Like how how will that not be true? As like, as as a to source of plowshares cost one guys player removal costs a lot of time, <laughs> mana, resources, turns. I mean, source of plowshares could <laughs> potentially be the difference of keeping you alive. So I don't understand what you're getting here. I, I'm just saying, yeah. I, I, I agree that the best removal is player removal. It's more, I, I even source of plowshares, right? I'd rather just do player removal. But there is an argument to be said that player removal is not easy. It takes a lot of stuff, of course. right? And a source of plowshares is a one mana card that is removal. I also don't like. I also personally don't like taking out people early on in the game. So, like, even if somebody's like ahead or something, like I don't know, Phil plays a Sol Ring, so he's ahead of us, and then I try to take him out on turn five or something. I don't know. I don't. I don't want to do that. Is it better than so. what we actually do to him, which is like 
destroy all his stuff and like severely and yeah, cripple him and then just leave him hanging know. around. Well, what, what, is he really prefer? better though? <laughs> Do you prefer what, either what? being crippled or or being well, taken out of the game? Hmm. I actually prefer being crippled and just hanging out, drawing some cards. At least I draw some cards. I, there you go. So, in the so people said, um, not to go go off topic here, but this kind of contradicts this what you were just saying. Uh, when you have to the chance to kill somebody, kill them. We don't do it all the time. Like if you play hatred and you sort of go, I could kill you right now. There's always an argument to be said that like, oh, I cast hatred and pay a lot of life. So it's not too helpful for me to just randomly kill somebody. There is something to be said about, hey, if you can kill somebody, get them out of there. So they are not a threat anymore. Um, in this case, is that? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think I, the I, I'm usually change. not killing people early <laughs> in the game. I like killing okay, everybody okay. at some but point. Phil. But Phil, okay, I think the goalposts change. Replace some random question mark fa- face with mine. You would kill me first if you You're had sitting like, it, after me. Yes, <laughs> so, like most and, and most pods. If there is a crim, I I will I will like. Do you like you would kill them first, right? Because then you don't have to deal with the nonsense that could come with it, right? Like the control spells, the counter spells. Yeah, that's a good point. Right, like, yeah, like yeah. <laughs> so. So what I'm saying here is. Even if it is cooking my own goose, if there is a chance for me to kill the person, I don't care what you're doing if you've done nothing, right? Okay, yeah. if you've literally done nothing and you've been on one land, okay, then then whatever, okay, right? Because there maybe, is also merit not, yeah. merit to, like, keeping someone alive as well, right? Like, we like the, when we say kill someone when you can, it yes, also but... means that that benefits your game plan, right? Like, if, yeah, if, and... if I'm just punching the person on, like, two lands who's done nothing all game— then I have done nothing but use my resources, my attack power on them for no reason when I could be putting someone that's actually doing stuff, right? But I I do think that leaving somebody alive is – you shouldn't feel bad for killing somebody early if you know their deck is detrimental to you. Yes. Like like if, if, but- if, my, if my thing just was like, I don't know, collector's oof, collector oof is my commander and I'm playing nothing but death and taxes and stacks effects like on creatures – you would kill me, right? Or, or uh, if my deck shut off your graveyard the whole time, and you're a graveyard deck, you would kill me first. So I have you shouldn't a, feel bad for that. I have sure. a relevant uh, example that came very recently. We were playing um, pre-EDH recently in a, a recent Commander Clash game, and I remember, Krim, you wanted me to kill you. You were like, you yes. were put back really low, and I remember like it was like Tom and Phil were just like popping off super hard. Oh, yeah. You had... A card on the bow. I was playing mono white, and you had a card on the on the battlefield, a creature that taps, pay one life, and counter target white spell. So you were like, <laughs> "Kill me! I'm going to just make your life miserable." And you know what I did? I didn't kill you. And the reason True. why, even though even though you had a card that was on board, very detrimental to me. And the reason why I didn't kill you is because I found you, despite having that, very scary against me. Um, despite having that, you were not the scariest threat on the table for me. There were two other people, and I actually needed your resources to help me win the game. I thought they were I would also actually in white. Yeah, so I, I thought it would lower my my win percentage if I killed you because that's one less person to help me deal with Tom and deal with Phil. 
I'm not going to spoil the end of the game, but I feel like that was the correct thing to do. And after after the game, I think it was correct too. The creature was Stromgald Cabal and Richard Sweat, and he's like, "Hold on, what do you say?" <laughs> he's like, oh, "I never sweat at Chris Chandler spells." Come on. Oh no, it's no, no, no! This is a It's a clean <laughs> removal. No, 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 to no, 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 Richard! This isn't a one-off counter spell. Which, by the way, I was trying to—I was doing a color shift deck, so that's yeah, why fun. it was being cute. Yeah, yeah. And you weren't—you weren't like specifically hating me out. You just happened to have a hate piece that was very good <laughs> against me in particular, and I decided like. Yeah, you were problematic. You were the crim of the table because you're crim. But I, I, I kept you around because I don't think killing people is always beneficial. the correct option in terms of playing tier out. Sometimes you want to keep them alive because then yeah. you can use their resources for to favor your win percentage. Especially if you put resources I think most it. people will just take out mm. people if they can. And yeah. You know, take you shouldn't keep them alive because you feel bad, really, right? Like, if your deck pops yeah. off and kills someone, like, okay, your deck did its thing, right? But yeah. you should make the decision to kill them, right? So, like, if you think they help your game plan by staying around, maybe they give you resources to help fight yeah. people. Maybe they provide distraction, right? Sometimes they, they become arch enemy and they distract the whole table while you do your thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, you should... Think about Welcome that Richard. before you just remove people. Like I like keeping yeah. Krim around. He he keeps the board yeah, clean. He does. There right. was like, one if, game if I, I need a board that. wipe, I need Krim, right? Uh, there or, was you one know, game like... that I let like just Phil <laughs> pop off. He was like playing the new Atraxa, and we had Elish Norn Ooh, locking yes. Phil down. And you know what I did? I just I took out the tra- I took oh, out the right. Elish Norn, and I let Phil pop off. And guess did what? I was I was a threat. He became the threat, and it worked very well in my favor. But, but you had to do this you... not obvious way, though. <laughs> if it's too obvious, then people know what you're doing, right? Oh, no. I, I, I said, like, there was like, constant teep-ups between Seth and Krim. It's just, like, stat-wise, stat we knew it. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to teep-up with Phil. Let's see what happens. And I got two cards out of it. He he drew me two cards of Florin in the third path as part of the deal, die? which was nice. Remember the fact or fiction 5-0 split? I forgot where it was, but <laughs> the people were not happy with that. <laughs> right but that that, that is like another instance of this finals. where if it's too obvious people yeah. are not happy about it right so yeah. what it what see but that's because in that because i was the person that gave seth a 5-0 split that was so obvious that it wasn't obvious though <laughs> because because <laughs> it was like why would you obvious ever do that me. what happened though what happened though everybody went for seth yeah but we right? weren't happy so, about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we weren't happy. You weren't happy about it. But, like, yeah. It was, like, what's the game Game where, like, was it me where I used Scheming Symmetry? Or someone used Scheming oh, Symmetry? right. I think and you I did. And I intentionally gave it so that it looks like right now you can win the game. I'm going to let you make you decide if you want to be the problem or not. I will let the person that is in charge tutor whatever they want just so I can shift all the aggro to them. Because yeah, why not? Yeah. Well, sometimes it backfires. Risky, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the one time it did backfire was when Richard and I play a game of chi- uh, removal chicken with yeah. Seth. Because I think I was always I was tired of Richard using me to remove everything, so I was like, "You use it, Richard." And then, yeah. and it turns out Richard didn't have it for real. This I don't time. Run removal yeah. trip. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, that was earlier was on. Was right? Yeah. yeah, Seth just ended up alting Lily. He's like, uh. That was the easiest alt ever. I was like, well, I thought we had it. <laughs> Some, I think that's like the difference between play to your outs and play to win sometimes. Like, I think playing to your outs would, would mean trying to team up with, with people at the table, right? 
Because mm-hmm. if you can work together to eliminate an, an opponent, that means you're not the person who's being eliminated first. But at the very least, you're not you're not di- getting getting killed for it. I, I do think that increases your EV. But at the same time, I don't like teaming up. I just don't like teaming up with people as a general rule because I feel like it's a four-player free-for-all game and it kind of goes against the spirit of the thing. So I think that's well, like the difference between play to win. And play is not as... Bad yes, up but when, when we see like game. the stats of like <laughs> right? the, well, the people that's, who team up every single problem, game right? and they're <laughs> they're alternating who's in first and who's in second, uh, that's that's I don't think that's cool. I don't I don't let's, like that. Let's air out that that right okay. now, okay? Okay. A, what do you and Phil play all the time? Artifact decks, <laughs> combo decks, disgusting. It didn't matter what about, I was playing. Well, what was Seth? What do you like? Seth and I, I think that game, one of the games where Seth and I teamed up, I was on Bushido, right? <laughs> and then Seth was on Banding. No. <laughs> yeah, you got I was understand. on Energy. I was it, on Energy on yeah, that one. And who won that game? Energy is pretty good, actually. Yeah. It's yeah. not very good. It's not so, very good in Commander. When you look at it by the numbers, yes, Seth and I did team up. But why did we team up? Because we were playing these trash. If you look decks. at the results, it was you in first and Seth in second, and just alternating for like eight games in a row. So <laughs> you, I don't no, know. I, I don't. I don't buy the full. I remember a stretch where both you and Phil, like, it was like we played against you two on Artifact Decks numerous times. Because I know Phil was like, I got to get this portal to Phyrexia to resolve it. Oh, yes. And yet he's never done it a single time. So maybe maybe the threat assessment is not exactly meeting the stats. that is because the threat assessment is. If it was that, that scar, assess- if it was that strong, then he would actually win some games, right? But he no. Does but wait, it. What, who, how did we we stopped it? You see, okay. it was, Phil was deemed an Avengers <laughs> level threat. <laughs> Phil is an wait. So teaming up yeah. is is if. Hey, I, I, I don't like I don't like teaming up. I don't think teaming up is bad. If like example, I bring my my Spectre deck, and you bring mm-hmm. your I don't know uh, hat hat deck. Right, and then Phil shows up with Eminence, uh, uh, like I don't know, wizards or vampires or something like that. I think yeah. the two, it's okay for the underpowered decks to team up on the clearly overpowered deck, right? But yeah, but I don't think yeah, it's I mean, that clear cut all the time, and I don't like it when it's a like so team up like on turn two. You know, yeah. yeah, yeah if it's yeah. if it happens too early in the game, then it's weird, right? Because you change yeah. yeah, it yeah, from yeah, a sure, multiplayer sure. game to yes. two headed giant. Sure. But if someone right. is like popping off arch enemy then you're like okay we got yeah uh, we got a team up but even yeah, though, but i don't i don't think up, that that's what was happening probably dissolve the teams right you can yeah. to go back to four 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 player game yeah i agree with that unless there's yeah. an artifact deck i always just kill the artifact deck no matter <laughs> <Okay>. what <laughs> All right. i'm sorry Spe- speaking of crim decks make them have it what is this referring to this is referring to yes. if you are scared of like something like maybe a counter spell or a removal spell that someone is you know is positioning so they, they they hold double blue up right you're scared of it should you just play into it and make them have it or should you play around it i i, I like make them have i it. like making them have it uh but i but also it's see the problem with this is in a three like a multiplayer game making them have it is tough because it's whatever they deem threatening, right? Because, like, maybe whatever you think is your best spell may not be the biggest threat on their radar. 
Yeah. So they may just let it resolve. So then why not, right? You benefited by getting to play your best spell. It clearly doesn't matter to the control player, for better or for worse. And, and uh, that, like, the person they do counter, like, that means there's something going on there that they don't want. So that there is a lot here to, to take from that. And that the person they do counter, that means they smell – there's fear on them. You can smell fear on them because they're countering something from you, meaning something your deck is doing they don't they don't want so that means you can easily get them you can actually even bait the person countering your spells even easier if they deem you the threat if that somehow makes sense and while while one while the control player is focused on like be like hawked on one person like let's just be honest here i love phil's decks but because i love phil's deck i know what his power level is and what he can do so i usually keep an eye out knowing that mana drain is going to be at its best when i look at phil Right, that is hundred so, percent correct. Like, 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 like. Let's let's be fully honest here, right? Playing commander with each other, we know that. I know that, like, it's it's usually like like Phil at the top of the the Avengers level threat. <laughs> so that means the two players around Phil though can just squeak tons of things underneath that. So there is an advantage. So making them have it is good because then you know what the control player is afraid of, and you then know the people around the person they're afraid of can just go wild. So we making them have it, Tomer? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I always, I always make them have it. I think the way control decks usually win is that they hoard a lot of their resources, like in their hands. They draw lots of cards. They have the mana up, and then they just don't have to use their answers. I think, I, I think it was Richard. I don't know who who told me it was like the best source of plushers is, the, or the best counter spell is the one you never have to cast. Like that's that's like the the motto of like control is like you don't want to be using it but you want to always have that threat in your hand and just the the threat of having something in your hand it wields so much political power you could be like like a spells on the stack and what's like the most common thing the blue player says when a, when a spell on the stack is like is this going at me is this going to be a problem <laughs> are we friends blah 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 and if you could just coerce the entire table into this fierce fear mindset right of like I'll, I'll counter your thing if you're not friendly to me, if you attack me, if you do all these things. But that's how they win. Because if everybody's like, oh, yeah, I, I won't attack you. I won't I won't deal with your thing. Just please don't, please don't, Mr. Mister Control Player, please don't don't counter my spell. Don't don't remove my thing. Then they, you just be like, here's the game, sir. Here's the game, Mr. Blue Player. Just enjoy. Enjoy. Have it. This doesn't apply in Germania, it's yours. though. Because I'm sure Krim can recall... It goes with the best removal is player removal. So if yeah. Krim represents a counterspell, right, and we think he has a counterspell, then we're like, well, we got to get the counterspell out. So how yeah, do we do well, that? That's, we got to make, him, gotta make him tap it. out. So you just start know. beating him mercilessly, <laughs> hoping that he's going to tap out to play a creature <laughs> or a removal though. or something, right? But if he doesn't if actually Seth have a counterspell, he just, like, dies. Yeah. And then he's like, I didn't have anything, guys. <laughs> Yeah, so but if Seth was at the table, you you would know. Seth, Seth is always like, "Oh, you're old friends, right? Please don't counter my thing. I won't. I won't attack you for five turns because he doesn't intend to ever attack, right? Like so, so he's like, I won't attack you ever. And please just let me draw cards, Mister Blue Player, please. And it was like, yeah, okay. Sometimes representing spells makes you into like player removal. So yeah, I don't ideally know you answer you answer the control player by like you better freaking use it then. Yeah, <laughs> that's how I play. So, so that one that one's an interesting one, but I, I agree Make that most people it. play too scared that they're like, oh he has counterspell, I'll just pass. Have it. 
right? Yeah. Just pass yeah, my if they whole use their turn. counter spell, guess what? They don't have their counter spell anymore. <laughs> but if well, they actually if, have the counter spell. But what if do, they do, don't do you, have it? Like, do you make them have it well, on an important thought, threat? Right? Like, let's say you know they're going to counter it. Would you actually play your good spell into it just to get the counter out of their hand? You have the sequence. Or, or, should, you, or should you sandbag it with something like they won't counter? I think I've been bamboozled by like Richard and Seth a lot, actually, in terms of like I'll be playing blue spells and I'll counter something that I think is like the number one threat. And they'll be like, actually, no, I just wanted to get this wheel out or whatever. And it's like, oh, fuck. Uh, yeah. There was also a good point there of if they don't have it and you play around it, they kind of had it. Yeah. So yeah. maybe if you sometimes you have a hunch of like, oh, they have a counter. And if they counter this, I can't win. Maybe don't make them have it, but if it's just, hey, I don't know if they have a mana, mana drain or something, or mana drain, mana tithe or something, something unlikely, don't feel bad if you didn't. I, you always say, haha, play around mana tithe, but <laughs> sometimes they don't have it, and if they don't have it, but you still play like they have it, they got an advantage out of your fear, so yeah. sometimes you just gotta bite the bullet. They might or have a counter, it- it's still just a one for one. Or if you, if you have two cards you can cast, and one of them is you you need it to resolve, then and oh, you yeah. think they have have an answer, then you can cast the other thing instead and hold that off for a turn and see uh, reevaluate the next turn. But usually I just right. jam it. Here, here's a good one, which I think this is an interesting one. Waiting to see if opponents remove slash counter the problem before you should do it should be taught to every commander player. So this, if you play Bodo, it's very explicit. Okay, so. <laughs> I see this a lot in Paper Magic where someone plays a threat and the person last in turn order counters it immediately, uh, which is 100% wrong because it's not even their turn, right? But now obviously no one else is going to counter it because they know that person is going to counter it, right? But the way you do it correctly is you go through the turn order and everyone has a response. And if no one has a response, then the spell resolves, which means if you are the last person in that turn order from the person who cast the spell, you are the last person that can counter it, okay? So if you really want to counter it, there's two people that go before you. You should see if they counter it first, right? And then when you're the last person, you can decide to counter or not, and you should stick to this turn order. And if you play CDH, it's like very obvious if you play on moto it's very obvious but at casual tables people just see a spell in the stack and they jam their cards in uh which is actually yeah, not they're, correct. they're eager yeah they're right? so <laughs> you can wait turn order and you're not like doing anything weird right uh so there is a turn order and that's that's the response order and you should follow it to to cast your thing because so you never know right even if you didn't intend to let someone else do it they may do it for you first right and if you're last then you have the advantage That's just, what happens that's just if, correct? All, if everybody just throws in their spells at the same time? Do you just it, it say, re- hey. It, resol- it resolves in turn order, right? So then... Yeah. So do you I, don't, I don't even know what happens, because you can't counter a spell that's counter. not there. Right? Yeah. So like you're, you, you would actually rewind it, and then the person that goes last like has to take back their counter spell or something, right? Because... It's fine. It's still on the stack. It's fine. Yeah. So you just, just do nothing. You just waste the counter spell. If everybody's yeah. like, ah, I'd just be like, wait, everybody, relax. Yeah. <laughs> Turn order. Let's go. Let's do this. Let's do yeah. this properly. That's how I would do it. But uh, I totally okay. This was not gameplay related. Buy singles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's boring, but yeah, it's true. Should, should, should yes. I pack boxes, collector boosters? No. no. 
I mean, it's maybe fun, for maybe for the one ring good. or whatever, but like, but no, like, oh my god, <laughs> dude, we're buy a lot of ticket if you're really bad. That's no, 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 geez. it's not a, it's not that bad if you just open it on the first pack you buy. Oh, oh come on, good point. Yeah, yeah, buy packs if you derive enjoyment from packs where you like, yeah, if you're like drafting. The only time I buy boxes is like I'll I'll buy a box and I'll draft with friends, and then I really yeah. enjoy that. But I don't really get that much pleasure from just like opening up a box. But like my boyfriend does, so he'll he'll do that every once in a while. But like it, I don't feel you you buy packs, right? I love collected packs. I never buy yeah. whole boxes or something. But every set, I treat myself to one, two, three, depending on how expensive they are. I just love it. Yeah. I never expect something good. I opened a foil force of negation, which was a little bit more expensive than the packs I got them uh, it out of, but. Usually, it's I never make plus with this. I just like cracking packs, sniffing the cards. Ooh, and you get random cards in your a factory smell in your mm. bag that might be cool with the next commander deck. But if you don't do that, if you need specific cards or if you want to make a profit, because my God, this is not a good way for profits. Yeah, it's I think essentially that is pre-con decks. So if you need cards from pre-con decks, it's often correct to just buy the pre-con oh, yeah. rather than buy the singles. But definitely over the random packs, you could hit the lottery or you could hit nothing. And usually, uh, if you're just looking for like playable versions, like it's they're usually pretty cheap, right? Because usually the the prices are sucked up by the the special editions and whatever Chase Mythic is in the set. Uh, so, so generally, just picking up singles is better, but. You know, if you if you like cracking packs, like you gotta you gotta pay for that, right? You pay for that privilege, right? So that that that's what the premium you pay when you when you buy boxes. Are you are you big on cracking packs, Richard? I hate cracking packs, actually. I actually oh, hate I the hate literal it. act of opening packs. It's like so tedious. Do you, do you I, struggle with it? Wow. I, I've, yeah. I've known people who are like, and I then can't all open the this. mounds of garbage <laughs> afterwards. I'm like, oh yeah. geez, right? But and then the smell. In 2023, like 99% of what you crack is worthless. So then I actually end up with a pile of garbage and like four cards. And I'm like, this seems like a a waste of time. The worst is like, I can't, I I feel like it's a punishment to organize the cards afterwards. Like you open up a booster box and you're like, all right, now I have to alphabetize it and put it into colors and stuff. Like there's actual like piles of cards that I have from Baldur's Gate. That's how long ago, over a year now uh, (laughs) of cards just stacking up out of, out of view. Thank God. Uh, of cards that I refuse to organize because it's like a punishment. <laughs> I have a oh, look, bad example. Are you big of, on it? Oh, oh, I, oh I just don't. I just don't. Yeah, I pretty much would echo Richard's uh, opinion on this. I don't. I'll open them like for funsies, but anything I I, I just buy what I want right away because I don't want to. If I'm trying to like open a Ragavan, I'm just gonna buy Ragavan, right? Like, ooh. I know, and it seems like, oh, you're going to eat $80? Yes, I will eat yeah. $80 now rather than spend $500 and maybe not even <laughs> open it. could have a Scalding Town Oldboard of Foil in this pack oh, as well. Wow. They have then both this I and just, maybe Ragavan as well. You that, could have, yeah, it's like the I would Simpsons just, I, would just, <laughs> I could just buy whatever I want. Or like, is it like whatever I need? Because then I, I actually save more money in the long run. And space. Oh, for sure, yeah. It's, uh, so what Richard said... The cards are usually, so the easiest rule is everything you open is worthless, even if you don't think about it, even if the card is played. Like, I 
got Zendika boosters and there was nothing in there but then the last card was a foil on the inversion and I thought well, well that was worth it ah. and it's like 10 cents or something yeah. in Germany <laughs> I'm like man you, if, at yeah. least I can play it but most great cards if you buy singles. This even if even if you buy, even if you get lucky with your packs and you get something that's like worth like eighty dollars, it doesn't mean that you have eighty dollars in your hand. It means you have to like find a seller, you put it on a card market or a TCG player, and you're not getting eighty dollars for it. You're getting like sixty or whatever, and then you have to send it, and you have to buy the the letter, and you have to do all the whole the whole shaboodle. It's like it's not it's not that great. Shaboodle, all right? Don't negotiate with terrorists. <laughs> is this, this like advice? die hard like... <laughs> it sounds so bad to say anything okay, Bruce that would Willis. be like, like, like what, oh yeah no i so agree what, what is this refer this refers to like someone like threatening you or something yeah give and context then, yeah. give context trying to i don't know what it would be like you need to do this or i'll remove your thing I well guess, more right? or common you need is to like, do this or i'll counter your spell kill, like or or i'll kill you right like yeah I, I never negotiate with terrorists. I the, the thing I hate the most is if somebody's like keeping me at one and they have on like they can kill me at any time and I know there's absolutely no way like I will ever live. Like if I try to cast something, I'll just die at instant speed. I will I will never negotiate. I'll be like just kill me. <laughs> would you? I would I would take just no. If I have no if, if my win percentage does not go up by saying yes, then I will not. I will well, not. If you die, uh, so if you die, your win percentage is zero. So yeah. by, by living, it's above zero. No. No. Well, like, let's, say, let's say let's say somebody says I'll, I'll attack you and kill you unless you do my bidding. I'll say yes. But if somebody has like I have blood artists on the battlefield and I have a sack outlet at instant speed and you're at one. Anything you can do to answer this blood artist will will kill you. Well, they're like, all right, just kill me then. I don't care. Do it. Yeah, I, mean, I, I just don't negotiate on principle like that. Oh. Uh, but if you actually play to your outs, I think you you accept that in that terms because what could happen is someone else can draw more hate from that player. And then when their board gets inevitably wrapped, they may point all the blood artist triggers at that other player and keep you at one because like someone else like earned that spite if you're trying to play to your outs. But I just simply don't engage in it. I'm like, if you want to kill me, you can kill me. If you want to, if you want to leave nice. me here, you can leave me here. Right? That that's your choice. I I I am not in a position of power. You decide that. Right? I'm not going to give you further power by by accepting your demands. Right? So I. So you're John McClane. <laughs> Talking like Richard you, John McClane. I, I yeah. don't. I don't yeah. like politics. I, I don't like like yeah, these yeah, like, yeah. actual straight up question answers. Like I know people say, like, "Oh, Richard, you always play politics and stuff like that." But I consider like that not really politics. I play with other players in mind, but I don't like straight up like, "Will you do this?" Or you know, "What are you going to do?" I'll do this, right? Or if I do this, will you do that? I don't like. I usually say I'll think about questions. it. Like I'll, I'll I'll decide once I once I get there. That's <laughs> yeah. your your typical well, answer. Well, what did I used to say? Like I, <laughs> I, I don't have enough, have information enough information to make a decision. <laughs> yeah, right, now, yeah. right. Like you you figure it out, right? Like, I'm not playing the game for you. You decide if you think I will answer it or not. Yeah. Uh, so I I prefer we just play to the board rather than yeah. go on these like weird excursions where we, we try to like make teams or you know whatever like make you know make temporary treaties or whatever right so yeah 
think that's one of my favorite things, just using that, because I clearly have... I, I don't want to sound too threatening. I, I don't have enough information to make that decision. I, I always take that information as in... Tomer, you're going to be attacked. Tomer, I'm going to try to kill you. <laughs> you can determine like, whatever right. you want. <laughs> right? The, this the, means war. <laughs> You've dropped you just down give the them a read, read the card. I don't yeah. have enough information. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anytime I'm like to Krim or, or Richard, and I'm like, I'll remove the spell as long as like you don't swing me for lethal next turn. And then the response is, I'll think about, like, I'll, I'll, I need more information. It's like, nope, that's not happening. And then. <laughs> Uh, okay. We are after at war. De- after defeat, never look at what you've drawn. Do Do you guys like to leaf through your top no. decks <laughs> after after a game to see what what may have been, what could have been? Sometimes no. I don't. It's yeah. you, you don't use that draw neck draw card button on Moto. To Why see do you want the knife to be twisted? I don't understand. <laughs> I, I think for, for too long in, like, 60-card formats, you know, I, I used to do that all the time, right? Like, yeah, oh, well, let's see. I, oh, I would have gone there in three turns. No, no. <laughs> like, I, I don't know that, right? Like, I, I don't know that. It's random. It doesn't matter. It doesn't change. You died then. You didn't have it in hand. You know, GG's next. Hmm. Simple as that. It's – because then it's like, like what what does it do? That is the, the purest form of copium, right? <laughs> <laughs> Does it are... ever make you happier to look at the next yeah. cards that you would have drawn? Does it? Is there ever a situation where you're like, I'm happy that this made me happy? It's either neutral, because you know you wouldn't have won anyway, or angry, <laughs> because you're about to win. It's never happy. If it's a funny story, like imagine, it, not that it makes you happy, but if you can show the table, oh, look, I would have drawn my infinite combo piece. It kind Nobody of wants better for that. the story of the game if you say, oh, I would. Although I'm kind of falling into this. Is, is that, that so cool if someone's like, oh, yeah. I would have won next turn. You're like, okay. That's like okay, classic. No, so like, I, I don't want to spoil it, but the end of zombie week, uh, I mean, you still drew the card, but if it would have been on top, it would have been f- a funny story to tell. That but I did draw it. I didn't. It wasn't you did draw it. It was game. One more card. I, I like it. I don't. I'm not salty, but I, I usually don't get salty. So I'm, I'm not looking at. Ooh, could I have won this? Just look what's under there. It's also it's kind of like drawing cards, even though it's out of game. Still, still fun. <laughs> yeah, it's, you it's play the game after everyone's gone. You finish your turn. Just some mana. Go in. There's nothing wrong with it. I just, I just don't do it because I know I will get salt. That, that's more. Uh, more my real take is I'll get salty if I if I look at it like I'm not gonna make me happy. But yeah, aren't you supposed to not get salty? You... You're like, oh, yeah, if like... I just had one more turn, I could have got there. Ah, I was like, oh, I could have won. Right? Is that, I could have won if I. That is? No, it's like, oh, I could have won if I was first in the turn order instead of fourth or like you know. Yeah. I, like, Ugh. Ugh. I have one that's interesting though. Is Commander pay to win? I want to hear your thoughts on it. Because every single time I say the B word, you you, you beeline B? towards my life total. What's the budget? Uh, I <laughs> I do not think that like how much you spend on the deck equates to how much you win. I think that on any what, what was that? It was like Vegas. You right? It was you, Richard, me, and Seth plus one. You played the not the Sidisi. What's the morph uh, oh, commander? Yeah, Kadena. the morph precon. Kadena. Richard beat us with a pre-con. Seth yeah. was on his uh, blue-white blink deck with uh, Brago. Oh, my God. Yeah. Disgusting. And That's Richard brutal. just casually just, like, rolled us because, again, like, 
It's like legitimately that it shows that money and Tomer also in a, a walking example of it doesn't matter how much you spend because you can definitely win with a budget. So just because a deck is a million dollars does not mean you will win every time. But the I, best cards, uh, like Great Hench and Meatook Massacre, they are expensive for a reason because they really, really help your win percentage. Like, they are hmm. so, but so good. Like, I'm thinking about getting a Meatook Massacre, even though it's disgustingly expensive, just because it's just so good. My God. Oh. But you can so I would say out. it's... Yeah, and you could also obviously you can proxy everything, whatever. That's, I mean, yeah, if sure. You can't I mean, answer the, the question proxies, if you <laughs> right? sure, yeah. like, can you win without so I would say it is. Massacre? It is. Yes, I yeah. mean it's not. Does your you deck never get say better pay to win in, in a, probably. <laughs> right? Yeah, right. Because so... pay to win doesn't mean you can't win if you don't pay usually, but your chances are obviously going up if you play the insanely expensive cards like Mana Crypt. That's a good one. It's a bit expensive, but it's. Maybe the best card in Commander. Ristic Studies. They're all pretty expensive because they greatly increase your chances to win the game. Unless you say the arc enemy problem, sure. Always play a precon to stay low key, but I would say to an extent magic is inherently pay, pay to win doesn't really It's pay to it, play it, and at some point it, it's pay to win, but it's not the only it's, factor. Right? It's it's yeah. right. It's one of the factors, right? So obviously, if you have plans. unlimited money, you can play the most powerful staples, uh, like Dockside, Mana Crypt, etc. If you don't have the staples, you need to play very strong cards that are narrow, right? So, like, Dockside is good because it goes in literally every deck, which is why it's expensive, right? But there are cards, maybe not Dockside, right? But there are cards that are very powerful that only go in specific decks, uh, and then you have to play those decks, right? And then Tomer's budget commanders are, like, very good examples of that, where you have, like, some engine commander, and then all their support cards are, like, just random commons or something, which you wouldn't slot in a normal deck, but with this commander, it's insane value. Uh, so, so like, budget matters, but it's not the only factor, and you can build really good decks without budget. And the reason we always kill Tomer when he uses a B word is he always overcompensates and says, oh, it's a budget deck. Let me make it super strong to prove <laughs> yeah. you can make budget decks are strong, <laughs> right? And then he, he is correct. We see they're very strong and we kill them first, right? <laughs> like, it doesn't matter how strong your deck is. You can't win 3v1. Uh, but you know, they're, they're very strong decks, right? And they're too strong for us. So we're like, well, just kill them, <laughs> right? <laughs> so yeah, so, but you don't have the flexibility, right? Like if you... Yeah have like dockside mana crypt or whatever you can build you know you can like swap out cards or something but usually the very strong budget decks like there it's like a tolerant deck or something right or uh you know there, there's like a very specific that, engine uh... that's happening yeah like you can't just randomly swap around cards in the yeah. same way um but yeah you have, to, is... you have to have like a you have to have a commander that takes cards that are not desirable not super staply and yep. makes them broken. Like Zada, for example, takes like an Expedite, which is a one mana red uh, target creature gains haste until end of turn and you draw a card. And if you have like five five creatures on the battlefield with Zada, you just draw six cards and all your creatures have haste now. Like that's that's busted, but that's like a five cent card or something like that. I think you can't do CDH. Like you can't do at an actual CDH table have a high chance of winning because you just absolutely you don't have access to like fast mana and like Rhystic study and and of uh, you know the uh, dockside and stuff like that. Um, depending on the budget, obviously, but like 
I think if you had a budget deck of like $25, $30, you could go at tables with people who have like $1,000 deck, decks, $2,000 decks. If it's like high power casual, you could still win pretty easily. Pretty easily, but you could still win. Like if they don't underestimate be, you, winning the second time might be yeah. way harder. It would be than easier if you had a higher budget. Like Zada, for example, is like twenty five. Like I have a twenty five dollars Zada. It will clean up tables. But would it be better if I had Dockside and Deflecting Swat? Absolutely. <laughs> if I had my mana, if I had a mana crypt, uh, instead of winning like on turn five or something, if somebody doesn't stop me, I'll just win turn three. If somebody doesn't stop me, and it's harder to stop me on turn three. So, yeah. Yeah. But I would, I would also take a better pilot than a more expensive deck, like any day. Yeah, so, like I if mean, you're playing, winning with Kadena, your deck, well, deck, does well, playing a deck that's appropriate for the pod is also very important. It may be very powerful, yeah. but if everyone thinks you're arch enemy, like you're dead already like before, <laughs> yeah. before the game has started, right? So like, yeah. it makes more sense to bring a lower power deck to that table so that everyone doesn't just gang up on you and try to kill yeah. you instantly. I don't play Zada because there's not. I don't have tables where it's appropriate. It's just it's too high power and it's solitaire, and it's not fun for people. So I don't play. All right. It. To, to close out the podcast, never feel bad for winning. Do we agree on this? Yeah. I, no. I, why should you? Why should you? I don't agree with this. Build build to win versus feeling bad because you've won are two different things. So, like, if if my goal is to build my deck and beat you by turn three, that is wrong at a casual table, right? Like, like unless, like, for some like if the, the whole table is to just, if you all agree upon it, sure, that's fine. But on average, I would say it is not correct to build your deck to win on turn three or four. Have win conditions. If you win the game, that's fine. Like, I, it's not bad that, like, oh, by the way, turn 11... Uh, it's like the turn amount that we've discussed. I'm going to try to win now. That's not bad. You shouldn't feel bad for that. I think that's totally fair because the game's got to end at some point. So why should you feel bad in a game like I- I- even at, like a casual game? I think of casual games like board games as well. There's always a winner in Monopoly after this nine-hour slog fest. There's always a winner no matter what you do in whatever board game, casual game you're playing. There should be a winner. Everybody's a loser in Monopoly. You played Monopoly. That's true. There is no winner. Everybody loses in Monopoly. Okay, that's the only game where everybody's a loser. But, (laughs) But, like, on average, I would say that you shouldn't feel bad. Like, board game, casual, competitive, whatever it is, there should be a winner. And you shouldn't feel bad for that. Building I think it depends on how story. this game plays out. So, like, if, it, if if you win the game and the game is, like, fairly even, like, I don't know why yeah. someone would feel bad for that. But if you, like, Demonic Cost Station, Thoracle, like, three Kithkin decks, you should probably feel bad about well, it. Sure. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. I, it kind of depends CDH on what's, what's going on here. Um, yeah. Building to know. win is is not good. In a, like, is, it would, I would say it would be, like you said, Demonic consultation. Okay, what, what, what if someone I was mana screwed the whole game and you just punched them from turn one until they died? Should you feel good about that? Should you feel bad Only about that? Only if they had Curse of Opulence on them, and then I still feel very good about it. I got gold out of it. I mean, yo, you, you should have you should have uh, not had one land. I'm, uh, I'm only I'm only punching you when you're down if I get something out of it. All right, and if I get something out of it, I might feel a little bit bad, but I'm gonna get something out of it. I mean, if you think about it, like if I'm stuck on lands. Every tr- I just treat it as I paid eight life to keep give myself an extra turn. 
right? Every turn that if I have no lands and y'all hit me, it's okay. I paid eight life to get another turn in this game. I think I've I've had many times where well, not many times I've had I've had times over my decade plus of playing Commander where I felt bad for winning, and half of the time it's because it's a power level mismanagement where I thought everybody was bringing like higher power decks and I brought my changeling deck and it kind of like popped off on turn five and I made like a bajillion mana and I drew a billion cards and I took like 15 minutes to to like just joyride my way to victory I felt bad <laughs> about that that sucks and then there was another one where I built like a lane soft deck with child of Alara and I thought it was really cool in my head and it was like it was still the same power level as everybody like I lost like four games in a row and then the fifth game where I actually popped off I was wiping the board of all non-land permanents multiple times per turn so if anybody played a non-land permanent i would just instant speed wipe wipe the board again and again and again until i won with mazes end i felt bad about that one i took that apart i took that deck apart so it's like i think it's it's in the it's in the it's what deck you pick like you want to match power level and then sometimes decks are just people don't like playing against them and then then i feel bad if i if i brought that out and i won and i didn't like i you try you try to match the table but like sometimes you screw up so sometimes yeah, and back. sometimes you get lucky. I yeah. I usually like, I had a lot of games where I felt bad about it, and it's usually power level, but not just power level of the deck. But sometimes you just have a nut draw, and people don't mm-hmm. know the deck and know that it's not as good usually. And then you win on turn four or five, and say like, well, like "Oops, I guess." Was I it Lonus Phil? Was it Lonus? Let's be, be honest. Yeah, it happened with Lonus before, and it <laughs> happened with Manios Kalga because I copied an opponent's Locust God, which goes infinite <laughs> with Manios Kalga, and I said, "Then go." I'm going to well, say I'm not I surprised. I have a outlet for mana, and now I have infinite mana, infinite card draw. Here's my deck. I guess I win. So these are you can't control it. I guess that some wins you like some. Okay. Sometimes you feel bad about it. Don't pop stomp people with crazy power level decks. That you obviously doesn't feel good, and you should probably not feel good about winning. Don't feel bad about winning if you execute your game plan as you play, planned it. Like my decks yeah. usually win with an infinite. Don't feel bad about going infinite. That's probably I'm not gonna attack. Well, what am if I you feel do? bad about Duma. your deck doing this thing, then change your deck. Yes. Like, that's what I do with Child of Alar. I felt bad for, for Child of Alar doing its thing, so I just took it apart. That's it. But if you if you always feel bad about it, then it's like, what are you doing? Are you, are you really feeling bad about it? Or you just keep on jamming <laughs> the same thing? It's like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't right. know why my Brea deck keeps looping artifacts. I don't understand. <laughs> this is the first so time it's ever happened, you guys. You wouldn't believe it. <laughs> so that... That concludes our podcast on uh, Sage Magic the Gathering Advice. If there's some advice that you've heard or you uh, actively tell other players, uh, let us know in the comments. Uh, I'm, I'm actually curious uh, what, what advice people give. What, one thing we should also have added is like, what, what do you actually tell people? Or do you actually tell people like, bolt the bird? Like, where, where, where does this advice come from? Uh, maybe we'll do that. Advice for new players or something. But mm. uh, yeah, if you have any other pockets of wisdom pieces of wisdom that uh, you haven't heard uh, let us know in the comments and then we'll see you all here back next week see ya